This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the informational, inspirational, and transparent podcast about aviation careers. My name is Carl Valeri, and in this episode, we're going to start a new series called Tips for High-Income Pilots. You know, this series will eventually be an online course. Our podcast prepares you for a career as a pilot, but one thing that's lacking is help for those pilots that listen who are high-wage earners. In general in life, once we start making over 200000 a year, there are not many avenues for advice. You know, we hope to change that here with this series. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of you that I fly with, et cetera, that, that are making over that, that m- amount of money, I don't fly with anybody making less than 200000 a year. And it's, it's interesting because you, there's a whole set of challenges with making that kind of money. And in general in life, be, it, whether it's overspending because you're suddenly making all this money, you can buy things you never could buy before, or not understanding tax laws or where to place your money. So we're going try to try to help you along with that. And we really want to give uh, some advice and planning for those people that have listened to us over these years and now are in that in that bracket making that kind of money. You know, just as a quick reminder, we're actually not allowed to give, you know, by law to give financial advice. Uh, this is just general information. And you should really consult your financial advisor for information specific to your needs. Uh, we recommend you're finding a fee-based certified financial planner who must comply with the FINRA rules and regulations. And uh, I'll have someone explain that here in a minute. Uh, but before we get started, real quickly, I have, have a one announcement. We talked about the meetups. Uh, we're moving into our new studio and our new place uh, in another couple weeks. And we're going to start doing those meetups. And that's going to be in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, they're going to be on Facebook.com slash Aviation Careers Podcast. You can find them there. Also, if you have questions, don't forget, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com uh, is where you can find us. And uh, we'll respond as quickly as we can. And, uh, and for those of you that are in the, the coaching class, again, uh, our classes are individual. We might start doing group coaching sessions uh, just to let you know. So watch your emails for those. Anyway, joining me today is uh, Andy Garrison, and Andy is a certified financial planner, uh, and he is going to actually help us with these tips for high-income pilots. Hey, welcome back to the show, Andy. Hey, Carl, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, this has been awesome. Actually, I've mentioned a couple things in the beginning of the podcast, which uh, sometimes I don't even understand. It's uh, what a a certified financial planner is. I know that's someone that helps me, and I know they have to comply with these rules from FINRA, whatever that is, but I know that they're strict rules, and they have to comply with those, and it's a good thing. Could you maybe explain a little bit and and a little more color to what what a certified financial planner is and, and what FINRA is? Yeah, you bet. You bet. So a certified financial planner is someone who's gone through coursework and experience requirements. I sometimes describe it as almost the ATP of the financial world and especially the financial planning world. But as someone who has some credibility behind them as far as knowledge and training and experience to be able to deliver broad based financial planning, whether that be around taxes or retirement or savings or investing and any of those things that fall into there. And then FINRA is just a national organization that helps regulate different people that have different types of securities licenses. And securities licenses are just simply things that allow folks to talk about investments to their clients. So uh, you definitely, just as you mentioned, Carl, you definitely want to make sure you're finding someone who 
is a certified financial planner, if you're looking for financial planning guidance and help, uh, and you want to make sure you're also finding someone who follows all the regulations and the rules out there. And most importantly, within those, uh, you want to find somebody who is what's called a fiduciary. And that's just a kind of a fancy legal term for someone who has a legal requirement to act in your best interest. Uh, how do you do that? Uh, you, you just ask someone if they have their certified financial planner designation and ask them if they're required to be a fiduciary at all times when working with you. Okay, well, that's good advice. And uh, oh, and by the way, I don't want to, you know, we got into this a little far here, and I don't want to alienate any of those folks that are getting started in their careers. Because remember this, you're going into this career now, and you should be listening to this now, because you're going to run into this, you know, 10 to 15 years down the road in your career. It's good to start thinking about it now. As a matter of fact, in general, it's great to start thinking about putting money away and some of these issues here, because uh, the things you do now, uh, actually will affect your future. And the most important thing, save money. Save money now. That's what I tell everybody to do. That's that's my only financial advice. <laughs> and that's all I can give, actually. But <laughs> it's, it's really important. But uh, one of the things I think happens is we get to this point so quickly, I mean, and we find ourselves lost. And Andy has some really cool tips. So what we're going to do is we're going to split this up into a couple, maybe three, four, five different episodes to talk about these tips. And we're going to have a video so you can actually see some of these things on the slides. So Andy, with that said, uh, I'm going to let you take it away here. With uh, We'll start with some of the tips and, and go from there. And I'm just going to interject with some, some questions as, as you go through this. So uh, we're going to start with the tips for high-income pilots. So let's start with number one there, Andy. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And just to, to comment on something you just mentioned, Carl, that if, if you are getting started and not to, not to the point where you're making a couple hundred thousand or so yet, the reason that this is so important for you is planning in itself and planning for when you are high income implies doing something in the future. So the more you're able to, to kind of get ahead of the game uh, as you're waiting for income to build up, which you will hit those numbers as a pilot, uh, the better off you'll be both now and in the future. Cool. And, and, and so, one one thing, Andy. It's not just us that has that problem. Pilots. It's it's like doctors, lawyers, and all those other. High, it's not. We're not unique, right? Everybody else is in the in the same boat. Yeah, you're exactly right. You are. And and one of the unique things about being high income as a pilot is you do end up falling into that same kind of income range as other professionals. And by professionals, I mean attorneys or doctors and dentists and all those people that. Uh, we, we think of as high income and sometimes pilots, uh, you, you can slip into being high income and having the, the, the opportunities and also some of the financial challenges that come with being high income as well. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, and this is something I think that it's encouraging to those starting out because we all talk about how there's there's no money in flying airplanes. But if you look at a captain at an airline, uh, and we're talking major legacy airline, they're in the top 2% of the wage earners. And uh, and that's very easy to get into that. As a matter of fact, I haven't met anybody that I've flown with that isn't in that that you know, earnings category. I'm in the right seat of a of an airline and a major, and uh, and that's what happens. Uh, so this is really important information. So without further ado, sorry, Andy, I didn't mean to interject too much, but go ahead and take it away for uh, the high-income tips for pilots. Yeah, you bet. And please, please keep interjecting. So I, you, one of the, the funniest things uh, when we think about planning and looking at high income is taxes always come up. And so when we're thinking about taxes, one of the first things we want to do is just not make it worse. <laughs> and what we mean by that is make sure that you're planning ahead with your taxes. And there's several things you can be doing to 
sort of soft in the blow there. And as we go through the series, we'll dive more and more in depth. And what we'll talk about here out of the gate can help you, even if you're not uh, uh, currently making 200, 300,000 or so dollars a year. And the first thing is, is just don't make it worse. And what I mean by that is when you've got different investments and different areas that you're starting to save money, you want to make sure you're saving in pretty tax efficient ways. Uh, you don't want to be any type of day trading or anything like that with your investments that can cause a lot of taxes. And you also want to make sure that if you put money in places that are very tax advantageous, such as your IRAs or 401ks, that you really do that knowing that you don't want to touch that money for, for many, many years and until you're really in your late 50s. And the reason being is that if that money comes back out for almost all cases, it's not only taxable, but you can pay a penalty on that as well. So you said don't do like day trading and stuff like that. And I think that's because every time you, you trade and you make money, you actually have to pay taxes on it. Is that why? You, you, you do. So in this context, that's definitely why uh, day trading in particular, it's uh, it's rare to make money doing day trading too. So, uh, But when you do make money or if you're, you're, you're just focused on trying to buy and sell uh, the next hot investment, uh, what you can find is the end of the year, if you are making money, you can own a, owe a much bigger tax bill than you initially anticipated. And anytime we pay taxes, not only is that money out of our pocket going to Uncle Sam's pocket, but it's money that it will no longer be growing for us and earning more growth and more income for us over our lifetime as well. Interesting. That makes sense. And so one of the, the most interesting ways to reduce taxes that's always been protected by the tax code is any type of charitable giving that folks might do. And, and I don't think this is exclusive to high income, but it certainly has a major impact for folks that are high income. Uh, one of the things I see a lot is... Uh, Pilots in general are good people, and most of the people I work with are, are really good folks and to some degree have some charitable inclination throughout the year or at least want to in the future. And so one of the, the kind of un, uh, unused tips out there is if you are making charitable contributions, one of the worst things you can give from a tax perspective, especially if you're high income, is cash. And the reason being is because cash, you only receive one deduction on it, and that's the income deduction that you get for, for giving that money away. Uh, if, however, you are building up money outside of your 401k or your retirement savings plan or IRAs, there's opportunities to give away either stocks or mutual funds that have appreciated in value, uh, all the way to any type of asset you might own that's appreciated in value, which most folks might think, well, you know, I, I don't know if that fits me right now. But if you have money outside of an IRA, it probably does, especially with the big run-up that the stock market and the investment markets have had in the last several years. You said a, cash isn't a great way to, to give away money. and I, Is that also because there's no record of it? Or, uh, or And I don't understand how you do that. If, if you give cash to somebody, you can actually write that on your taxes, on your form, and, and say, hey, I gave X amount of dollars to this charity. Yeah, exactly. So any, and that's a great point. Anything you do as far as charitable donations, you always want to document, document, document. Uh, you want to make sure that you are recording and documenting everything that you do when it comes to giving anything away. Uh, cash itself can always be harder, just as you mentioned, Carl, to leave some type of paper trail, which if you ever are, are audited, then we'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. But if you ever are audited by the IRS, 
it can be harder uh, to prove cash donations as opposed to maybe giving away appreciated shares of, of a mutual fund that you own. Or maybe uh, if you've got some different types of collectibles or something that you've had or had hand, handed down to you over the years, anything like that tends to leave a better paper trail. And not only do you get the, the value, the income tax deduction based on the value of what you gave, but you can also avoid paying capital gain taxes, uh, meaning the taxes you have to pay when something's worth more than you paid for it or more than you received it. You can avoid those taxes as well when you give away an appreciated asset, which just puts more money in your pocket. Interesting. So one of the things that I've always thought of is when I go and I like to give away things and um, and I give them to different like Red Cross or something, they give me a receipt. So I should like collect those receipts, right, while I'm doing this? Yeah, you absolutely should. Collect every receipt, uh, store them. I'm, I'm kind of a little over the top, so I always recommend collecting them and filing them, but also scanning them into some cloud-based drive as well. Okay. Uh, some software like Quicken or TurboTax, they have some extra things you can subscribe to and pay to to help you keep those all organized, uh, but you definitely want to make sure you're keeping good records. Interesting. Now, you, you talked about charitable giving. Who normally would help you with that? Say you have an automobile and you want to give it to a charity uh, or an organization. Is that Would you go to your accountant and ask them first, or does the charity usually help you out? Yeah, great question. So you can always go to your accountant. Uh, you can always go to your financial planner. They can give you good guidance. Uh, ultimately, what a lot of times and what I, I do with clients is I'll call up the charity and say, hey, we've got this kind of a little bit different or a little bit unique type asset that we'd like to give to you and how do you typically handle that and then we work with that charity to make sure that the right documentation especially with the vehicle because there's some some unique things associated with that we make sure the right documentation's in place and they're getting what they need to get uh, to make sure that uh, you as, as the person giving the vehicle can not only get the highest deduction but also is is giving it to the charity in a way that they can make the most use of it Interesting, interesting. And on a, uh, just as a side note, I've done this quite a bit with vehicles, motorhomes, boats, etc. Never done it with an airplane, and don't write me, I'm not giving away an airplane. But uh, <laughs> one, one of the things you find is, it is like you said, it's hard sometimes to find that. That's why it's good to work with somebody to help you find the, the charity that's actually going to use that and use the most money uh, for that charity and not going to administrative costs, etc., that type of thing. So, And that's a whole other selection process we won't get into right now. But uh, good stuff. Anyway, Andy, I, continue. Yeah. And so kind of along the, the lines, one of the things too, that I always like to point out with charitable giving is while we always benefit personally and, and the folks we're giving to always benefit when we, we do give, the IRS only allows us to deduct any type of charitable giving if we itemize our deductions. And so a lot of times we, you'll see about 80% of Americans take what's called the standard deduction on their taxes each year. And what they uh, what you could look at doing is if you're able to itemize, then you can not only deduct your charitable giving, but you can deduct mortgage interest, property taxes, state taxes, and any number of things that might fall on there. So one of the things that I always recommend is people start building up their income if they aren't having enough deductions each year to be able to itemize, so meaning the standard deduction is greater than all of their deductions they've added up themselves, you can actually do what's called bulking your deductions together. So you might say in 2017, I'm going to do all my giving between 2017 and 2018, and I'm actually going to, 
and this sounds nuts when you first hear it, but I'm actually going to prepay my 2018 property taxes and even make an extra payment for 2018 in-state income taxes. And when you do that, you're actually, because you're making those payments in 2017, you're coming close to doubling those deductions for 2017. And what that means is you're then able to get in the itemized tax area, which allows you to then deduct quite a bit more things. And then in 2018, you just take the standard deduction and then you can rinse and repeat in 2019 and 2021 and so on. Well, this is fascinating. This is another reason you need to have somebody that helps you out financially because I, I never would have thought of this. I guess I could do that by, by reading lots of books, but uh, it's great to have someone who has all this knowledge, has read all these books, and, and gets this information. And the other thing, too, I, also to add to this, those rules change all the time, don't they? They do. They do. And, and it's uh, you gotta got to be a little bit of a, of a financial nerd uh, to, <laughs> to want to keep up with them, but if you do, it adds a lot of value. Uh, and you're able to make sure you're maximizing it. If a lot of this comes across as, as uh, jumbled at all or confusing, that's because it, it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, by taking some time to either learn it all yourself or work with someone who, who's doing it, you end up keeping more in your pocket, which lets you either build greater wealth faster because you have more money working on it for you, uh, or if you're inclined to, to continue the charitable giving, it allows you to give more the more you have as well. So. Interesting. And there's many different other facets, too, that, and again, you can spend hours just looking at your own situation. Another reason we do the coaching for the career coaching is that it can take me hours just to discuss your situation, just like this. This is We're doing some general knowledge here. Uh, a financial plan can take quite some time to develop. It can take even years because it changes over the years, and, and, uh, and your life circumstances change. So really, really important, especially if you're someone who loves to give. And, uh, and this is some really, really cool stuff. Yeah, and, and then one of the, the other things we'll talk about as far as just at, at a high level of reducing taxes, and I think this applies to everybody, but for something we'll get into in, in the next episode, it really applies to high-income pilots. And while it may seem obvious at first, uh, you want to make sure you're looking at it from all the angles. And that's making sure you make the best use of your 401k or your pilot's rest- retirement plan uh, or some some airlines have 401a plans which are very similar to, in some respects to the 401ks but you want to make sure you're, you're really making the best use of not only the profit sharing contributions that an airline might give you but also what you're allowed to put in on your own i i know that some airlines uh, put in a, a good amount up to 16 17 percent of your pay just automatically into your retirement plan uh, but oftentimes as you build up your income you want to make sure that you're contributing to those as well so going back to our contributions and, and charitable contributions, you had said that pilots are, and you know, in general, people are really good about giving. Uh, I think you're right in, in that case, but I, I find that m- many pilots are skeptical uh, in general because that's the way we're we're you know we're wired that way because we have to keep ourselves alive and our passengers you know safe. One of the things I have a tough time with sometimes, and and I hate to say no to a charity. But is finding that information about that charity and going about discovering if that money is really going to the organization and or if most of the money is going to somebody who's administering it and some individual making money off that. Do you, 
do you maybe have maybe some advice there? Because to add to that, we when I first started raising money for a charitable organization, and it was an aviation organization, we found out that under state law, we couldn't use that organization because they were profiting off that charity. I'm not going to say who, what the organization was, but it's it's interesting. Even something you think you do something innocently, and you realize, oh my gosh, you know this isn't going to work because certain laws are in effect. But also, you may not realize that a lot of that money goes towards that. So, what I've started doing, and I'm I'm wondering what your advice is here, is started actually looking at their financials, and and they will actually produce those financials. Um, and you just have to ask them for them. If they don't, and, and I know a lot of times I've seen them come to my office with, uh, you know, some somebody shows up with these these forms, and it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, I uh, I feel like I'm being scammed here, et cetera. So, what is your advice as far as trying to find out that information? Yeah, it's, that's a really great point. I, I I look at it from a few different angles. I mean, there's a couple of resources out there. One of them that that I'll use sometimes is called Charity Navigator that lets you kind of d- dive a little bit deeper into those. Uh, the, the, the kind of the two first questions you always want to ask is, is this charity a full uh, 501c3, which is just the crazy name inside the tax code for a charity that allows you, that's truly a nonprofit and allows you to deduct your contributions to it. And then generally you want to make sure you, and ask them if it's considered a public charity or a private charity. Um, it, it, it'll be rare to run across a private charity, but sometimes when you do, they can have a little bit trickier laws and you may not receive all the deductions you think you you do. And they also have fewer reporting requirements, which means the transparency may not be as good as with a public charity. And uh, the one of the best ways I, I've found over the years is to, to manage this because, you know, we all get uh, for, from different charities that, that are asking for, for some donations here and there. And I know we would all love to, to just be able to say yes to everything. One of the best ways I've found is the charities and, and organizations that you're actually pro- proactive with. Uh, so. Uh, for example, I know for, for myself and my family, uh, we've got our church, a local group, and a couple other things that, uh, that the bulk of our giving goes to. And so we're really proactive with those groups and getting involved and and uh, even donating some time as well to make sure that we know how things are going and operating. And then beyond that, I would say that if you have a, an area where you feel like you can concentrate your dollars, uh, where they might have the biggest impact, being proactive in that sense and having a giving plan in place makes it a lot easier to not only say yes to the charities that are most important to you, but to those that, that might pop up to even say, We've, I think this is a great clause. It's something that I'll take back and look and see if, uh, if I can fit it in my plan for upcoming years and feel free to keep in touch. You know, and to that point, adding to that, we, you know, there's a charity that I like to give to, and that's obviously the Polk State Flight Team. Uh, you know, the college is a nonprofit, and they've set up a foundation that, you know, in a college, you can actually, within any, I should say, any big foundation, they sometimes can set aside different buckets that go to a specific charity. Because as these things get bigger, these these organizations get bigger, you want to say, give money to, for instance, I give money to the Polk State flight team. Uh, say I want to give money to another scholarship that's at Polk State College or another scholarship at, uh, you know, Scranton University where I went. So to do that, I actually can specify where it's going to go. One of the things that they usually do is they obviously send me a thank you letter with the, with a receipt and I can hand on, hang on to that. 
what's really cool is in these big organizations, I can actually see where that, that cash is actually going. And because of they're an organization that has other income, the money actually goes directly to that organization. And, and by the way, there's a bunch of really good aviation organizations out there and aviation scholarships. And a lot of times I tell people, if you want to give money, uh, that aerospace scholarships guide that we have, aerospacescholarships.com, I tell them, go ahead and look at that. And and if you want to purchase that, it's only 10 bucks. But you can find a whole bunch of organizations you can give money to to help promote aviation. But getting back to your point, it really is a good idea to, to go towards a 501c3 and one that has a lot of those reporting. And by the way, they, they have to go through quite a bit to become a 501c3. Uh, and that's, that's something that is good and it's bad. It's bad for the person managing it. Of course, it's a lot of paperwork. Uh, you know, we looked into putting one together. But it's, it's good in that you know that you're putting it towards an organization that has the, their strict requirements for reporting and also is, is one that's held accountable by the government. So I think that's that's somewhat important too, isn't it, Andy? It is. It is. It is. And one of the the, the neat tools out there that's underutilized by by most folks, but uh, oftentimes a lot of pilots, especially high income pilots, that not only is great for giving but for tax planning as well, is what's called a donor advised fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all three words, and and it's really a a neat tool. And essentially, what it is, it allows you to put as much money as you want into it today, it's this fund, and you receive an immediate tax deduction. And then you can, whether this year, next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, decide where that money ultimately goes. You don't get another deduction when it goes out to the final place, but it allows you to to do more planning and kind of doing some more of that bulk uh, deductions that we talked about earlier. But another really neat use for that is if uh, a lot of times you'll you'll see couples as, as spouses wanting to work on giving together or they pick a time each quarter to decide what to do and where to send their giving. And I've also used it with clients who want to involve their kids in finances and they'll contribute the money to a donor advised fund and have their children do research to see what organizations might benefit the most from it. So they're just not only a really good giving tool, but a really good financial planning and tax planning tool as well. And a lot of times people, you know, this is the number one item, the best uh, three ways to reduce your lifetime taxes. One, a lot of people think it's just for ourselves, but we're trying to make the best use of our taxes so that we can leave a legacy and we can actually put more money towards our family, our friends, and those organizations that we feel are going to benefit from our income. And it's not just about us, it's about giving too. So by reducing, like you said, by reducing your lifetime taxes, you actually are able to give more, and you're able to keep more for yourself. So you still have that quality of life that you want, but you also are helping somebody else. Uh, and uh, I think there, like I said, I, I could, I'd love to to give away all my money, but uh, I do have to put the lights on and that type of thing. But uh, and we all have that issue. Uh, and, but it's just so it's so important to to go through and try to reduce your taxes so that you can actually give more money and also save more for your family, obviously. But, uh, you know, before we, we close up here, this is the number one item. This is going to be a, 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 a multi-part series about tips for high-income pilots. And I hope you enjoyed it. And um, we got a couple other things coming up here. But just to summarize, 
you know, when Andy said the, the three best ways to reduce your lifetime taxes, don't make it worse. Uh, you know, if not meeting itemized deductions, <laughs> bulk your giving and property taxes. I like those ideas. Uh, and uh, for chattel giving, consider assets and appreciated stocks. And uh, I think that's that's a really good idea, too. Uh, what, As far as, you know, summarizing what we're going to be coming up with next in the different uh, tips for high-income pilots, the, the other parts of this series, I do want to make sure people know what's coming up next so that we we do know what we're going to plan for. So Andy, what are those what are the other in just uh, generally what we're going to be talking about moving forward in these other uh, series, the other podcasts in this series? Yeah, you, you bet Carl. So the the ones that I'm really excited about that we'll cover that and this is uh, the areas that are able to make a big difference not only in, in your financial life but in the other areas of your life that are important for you, especially as you start building up high income. So we'll talk a little bit about how to make the best use of your retirement plans that you have through your airline, what to do when you're earning so much that between the profit sharing and contributions you put in and what the airline puts in, you actually exceed the limit and what you can do about that and how to use excess plans to reduce your taxes. We'll also talk about the thing that most high-income people dislike more than anything else, and that's the alternative minimum tax and what the tricks and keys around that are and how to make sure you're not nearly as impacted by that or at least not nearly as often as most folks. Uh, We'll also talk a little about how to be wise with uh, not only taxes but but your income and cash flow when you have either real estate or a side business. We'll talk a little bit about different types of investments that can help uh, create greater tax efficiency in your life and we'll also uh, talk a little bit about when it might make sense to utilize different Roth or different tax bucket items as far as whether it comes from investing or saving to minimize your lifetime taxes as well. And these are great, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear your advice for everybody that's listening and for for you that's listening right now. This is good stuff. And uh, remember to put this away and file this if you're not there yet in that high-income wage earner pilot slot or if you are right now uh one of the reasons we're doing this we we, you know we want to cast a bigger net and i know a lot of captains i i fly with and pilots i fly with you know they a lot of the the career advice doesn't quite apply to them but it applies to helping other people move forward just like this applies to those people that are high wage earners they suggest the other advice we give to friends of theirs that are considering moving forward in their careers because just like in the finance world the, the careers world changes minute by minute. I mean, things are constantly changing in this world, and it's good to keep up with that information, and that's what we try to do is, is bring you that information, but you also try to inspire you to do more and uh, and also try to be as transparent as possible. Uh, you know, it, it's it, I love to be personal with you folks, and I like to tell you about what's going on in my life, but obviously there's things that are very private I'm not going to share. And that's something, too, in your life in general. I, I, my advice, too, in your financial planning, you can get personal. You can can talk about things in, in general without getting private. You don't have to tell people exactly what you're you're making. We've kind of talked in generalities here, uh, but it's really important to get the help of your friends and your family. And, and we hopefully, we're, we're doing that here, helping you out here with this. Uh, Andy, before we close, though, I want to make sure people know where they can find you. Of course, they can re- write us at feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. But Andy, uh, you have a website and a, a cool book out there, and uh, they can find that where? Yeah, thanks, Carl. So, yeah, my website is airspeedandmoney.com with and spelled out. 
Uh, and right now, actually, if you go there and go to airspeedandmoney.com slash join, J-O-I-N, and sign up for newsletters completely free. We try to send out really good stuff every week. Uh, you'll get a free copy of my book, Millionaire, which is ties along nicely with the things we're talking about today to help pilots build up uh, build up wealth and build up income so that they can have these high-income problems and, uh, and focus on doing the things they love to do uh, now and later in life. Yeah, it's a good newsletter. I, I read it every time it comes out. It's uh, it's uh, very, very uh, inspirational and educational, and uh, I really learn a lot from, from what you're doing there. So thanks for that, Andy. And, uh, of course, you can go to Airspeed and Money, and uh, that's actually really a, a cool website that you have there. I've learned a bunch from, from reading that. And also, in general, you should go out there and look up as much as you can uh, on the internet, in books, etc. Read as much as you can about your financial uh, situation because I, I will say one of the things, you know, I've owned businesses in the past and I've always done investing, etc. And, and life's been really good for me. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of the folks that I fly with that are very frustrated by all the taxes they're getting hit with. I mean, it really, you sit there and you're paying six figures in income tax. And you can reduce that and give more to charity and, and give more to the people that are really important in your life by following certain rules. Of course, you're, you're trying to avoid taxes as much as you can and uh, or reduce your taxes as much as you can. You still got to pay your bills, obviously, and pay your taxes. You don't want to get in trouble. Uh, we're saying doing all this legally. And what's important is to do this legally is get the advice of a financial planner. I have an accountant and uh, who's awesome that helps me out with all these things. And also, I, I have the help of a financial planner or more than one financial planner that uh, actually is it's wonderful to be able to go to those resources so if you're starting off right now and whatever you know if you're starting off as a flight instructor put money away start saving money uh, but also start looking towards the future and i'm hoping that by doing this by listening to this if you're just getting started out you're somewhat encouraged by the fact that you know that 10 years, 15 years down the line, you're going to be making this kind of money. You're going to have that income, but you also have to figure out what to do with that income. And not too many people are willing to help you out there, and that's why we're doing this. But also, if you're someone that's listening right now that's you know, in that bracket. I'm hoping that this has helped you. And uh, and if you've got suggestions, you've got questions, of course, write to us. And uh, we'll get back to you as quick as possible. Maybe even put them on here uh, as you know, that's one of the questions. We're going to have a couple more episodes and then come back for the tips for, for a high-income pilots. Uh, we've got a Q&A session coming up with Robert Geyer next in our next episode. That'll be a lot of fun. Robert's a, a terrific person, counselor, and has done a lot of work with the airlines as far as recruiting. And he's a real upbeat person and a good friend of mine. And uh, well, he'll be in the next episode. But Andy is going to come back, and he's going to help us out and again with these high-income tips for pilots or tips for high-income pilots, and we're also going to be putting a video together, and that will be out there in our course catalog uh, coming up shortly. And by the way, our course catalog off of uh, Aviation Careers Podcast, we're migrating that to this new platform that actually Andy suggested, and I'm so thankful for that because they do a much better job than I've ever done as far as administering it, and it's been so wonderful to get that off my my plate. So I I do appreciate that, Andy. And also, Andy, appreciate you coming here and, and talking to everybody. Yeah, thank you, Carl. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Well, folks, uh, we really uh, appreciate your listening, and hopefully this is making an impact in your life, and it's inspired you to move forward in your career. You know, before you actually move on and 
hit stop on this. I want you to think about one thing you've done in your life to move forward in your career, but also in your financial life. Think about that. What have you done? And take a step today to move forward and move forward in your financial planning, in your financial life. It can be something small. You don't have to start right away opening an account. Just read something. You know, sign up for for the newsletter on Andy's website. That's free. Um, there's a lot of good information out there. But do something. Do something today. Do it now. You know, when you pull over in your car, when you get home tonight, write it down. Put a note in your your smartphone, etc. But do it now so that you can move forward in your life, in your career. Well, safe flying. We'll we'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.